All right. We want to welcome you to Wednesday night Bible study tonight. Uh, hope you are ready to hear from the Lord and uh, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians chapter number one. We're going to continue through our series in Colossians. Uh, uh, we're going to we're going to try to finish up half a verse uh, tonight. Uh, we started in verse nine last week and talked about Paul's prayer for these new disciples, this new uh, uh, fledgling baby church here in Colossae. And uh, we talked about what the apostle thought it was important for a new believer to have. And last week we talked about knowledge. He said, I want you to increase in the knowledge of his will. I want you to know God's will for your life. I want you to know who God is and get a, a greater understanding of the person of God. And, uh, and I'm not going to go into that tonight. You go back and watch it from last week and it'll catch you up. Uh, but tonight we're going to try to dig into half of uh, verse number 10. It's going to try to cover all of them. Actually, I was going to try to do 10 and 11, but then I decided that wouldn't work. We'll just do 10 and then, and then we can't do all the 10 because I got too much information for that. So we'll just do half a 10, uh, tonight. Okay. Uh, Colossians chapter number one. And we'll, we'll start in verse number nine. Uh, but if you don't care, if you will do me a favor and you know, you know, the, the you, you know what we do, please let me know that you're watching. Uh, I'm telling you, this encourages me. This helps me know that you guys are out there. And uh, if you'll just type in, I'm watching from wherever state you're watching from, whatever community you're watching from. And uh, that just lets me know you're there. And if you don't care, hit that share button. If you're watching by way of Facebook, hit the share button and let's get the word out. Okay? Okay. All right. Let's jump right into our Bible study tonight. Colossians chapter number one in verse number nine, verse number nine. The Bible says for this cause, we also since the day we heard it. Now, what did he hear? Paul heard about their salvation, their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. These new believers in Colossae, uh, he hears about uh, their testimony and their love and their faith. And he said, this is what we begin to pray for the moment that we heard of your faith. It says, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse number 10. He said, not only do we pray for knowledge that you will increase in knowledge, but look, it says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. So this is what I want to do. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight about our walk, our walk, two things that we see in verse number 10, uh, two things that we see is a Christian's walk, his behavior, his daily, uh, deporting of himself, if you will, uh, his lifestyle, and then it says, uh, not only there, that, that we cover our walk here in this particular verse, but he talks about their work being fruitful into every good work. Both of those things are really important. One is, is how we behave and the other is what we do. Now we're not going to be able to cover both of them tonight. So let's just take one and, uh, and cover our walk. What we, who we are, our lifestyle as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. All right. So let's pray and we'll jump right in here tonight. Okay. Let's pray. Dear heavenly father, I'm so grateful and thankful for your love and your mercy. 
I'm thankful for the prayer request you just answered just a few minutes ago. Uh, a big, big, big deal. And I am so thankful and so appreciative of uh, your answer to prayer in that particular situation. Thank you, God, for being God. Thank you for being real, for being powerful and moving on the scene. Lord, now I need you to move on the scene in this Bible study. I pray that you'll illuminate our minds, open our hearts. Uh, Lord, this is a really, really good study. Uh, uh, and Lord, we need this. All the body of Christ needs to hear what we're going to hear tonight. And God, I pray that you'll touch. I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll control my mind, control my thoughts, control uh, the words that come from my mouth, that I will be edifying to your people. Lord, I will uh, be encouraging to your children. Lord, I pray your perfect will be done. Give me power. Give me an anointing. Give me the unction that you promised we could have. Give me wisdom tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, like I said earlier, uh, we're breaking this down and breaking this down uh, smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, we know that Paul is basically praying for three things for this group of believers. He's praying that they'll increase in knowledge. He's praying for their, their behavior, their walk with God, their work uh, uh, that kind of goes together with their productivity. Uh, both of those work together in that in verse number 10. But then for their strength in verse number 11, that they will be strong and uh, Lord's will and in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to cover that. Uh, but tonight, I want to take that first part of verse number 10. The Bible says in verse number 10, it says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Now, let's look. Uh, it, we find the word walk is basically our behavior. Our conversation, if you will, the uh, King James translates the word conversation. It just means your behavior, how you act, how you live, how you behave around people here on this earth. Now, uh, the Bible says first two things, two things. Actually, there's a bunch of things under these two things. But it says here in this half a verse, it says that our walk should be proper. Our walk should be proper. If you're taking notes, uh, write this down. Okay, write this down. Uh, Our walk should be proper. It should be right. It should be suitable to who we are. And I'll show you where we're getting that here in the word worthy. But not only should our walk be proper, uh, but our walk should be pleasing. And we'll get to that in a moment. And there's several things about these two words, proper and pleasing, that I want to share with you tonight. How and why should our behavior, our lifestyle, our actions that we take here on this earth, the way we live our life, why should it be proper and how can it be proper? All right. And then and then uh, what what lifestyle is pleasing to the one who called us and one who saved us. So let's look at those two things tonight, proper and pleasing. The Bible says in the very first part of that verse that ye might walk, you remember, behave, live your life, your lifestyle, your behavior, your character, who you are, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord. Now, now I want to read you two verses. The Bible says in first Thessalonians two twelve. First Thessalonians 2, 12, because this is not the only place that Paul mentions about walking worthy. He says in first Thessalonians 2, 12, 
that ye walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Now, now, don't mistake this word. Don't mistake the word worthy for meaning deserving. Okay, you see somebody, uh, they're worthy of the title or, or you see a team, they're worthy of the trophy. In other words, you're saying they're deserving of the trophy. Well, that's not what this means. That's not what, because nobody on this planet will ever be deserving of the Lord. Nobody will ever be deserving of his mercy. Nobody will ever be deserving of his grace. Nobody will ever be deserving of his gift to us. So it's not that. So, so don't think that because you'll never be able to live up to that. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying live deserving of what's done for you. Uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, uh, Saving Private Ryan, but, but at the end of the movie, the guy whispers in his ear, you know, uh, after that great sacrifice, all of them men died. So this one guy could live and, and, and he basically put an, an unbelievable amount of pressure on this guy. He said, you know, live your life that's worth this sacrifice. Well, that's not what God did. God, we, we can never live up to the sacrifice that was given to us. We can never live up to the blessing and the grace and the mercy of God. But what this verse does mean, and we'll read another verse to kind of help you understand what that verse is. Philippians 1 37. Look what it says. Now remember, remember in 1 Thessalonians 2 12, it says that ye walk worthy of God. Here in Colossians, it says walk worthy of the Lord. Now, what does it mean? Philippians 1 27. Only let your conversation, remember conversation means behavior. Let your behavior, let your actions be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Now the word becometh here, it's the same word worthy, same Greek word. In, in one verse is translated worthy and the other word and the other verse is translated becoming. Now, we know what becoming means. Becoming means uh, according to, belonging to the character of, suitable to. In other words, if you say something's unbecoming, in other words, you're saying that's not who you are. The way you're behaving is not who you are. But if you are saying that's very becoming, it's suitable to you. It is, it is belonging to the character of. So what does that mean? When he says, walk worthy of the Lord, when he says in, in first Thessalonians to walk worthy of God, to let your conversation be as what becometh the gospel. In other words, you need in, in plain old terms, plain old vernacular, just put it, put the, just put it down where, where put it on the shelf where we can all, you need to act like who you're supposed to be. You need to live your life according to who you claim to be. And Paul is saying, I'm praying that you will walk worthy of the Lord. In other words, if you are a Christian, if you have placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then your actions should reflect who you say you are. Your walk should match your talk. That's what it means. You need to remember you're a child of God. You need to remember you're an ambassador for Christ. You are a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ and your behavior should reflect who you are. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are in traffic. 
Don't forget who you are in that long line when you, when you, when you have this tendency to be impatient. Don't forget that you're a child of the king. Don't forget that you are a child of God. You're a representative of heaven. You are God's child. Listen, in your behavior, your walk, your life, your lifestyle, the actions you take, the words that you say should be becoming of who you are. It should walk worthy, not deserving, but according to character, according to who you are. Now, listen, that's a that's a that's a big ask, isn't it? I mean, God's asking for us to actually it's not. It's pretty reasonable considering what he's done for us. But I, I wanted to break that down and go into more detail. I don't want to just leave it out there. What does that look like? What, what is what does a life that is becoming of who we are? What does it look like? What kind of behavior is revealed? What kind of behavior is displayed when we are who we say we are? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number four, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. You need to act like who you're supposed to be. Let your conversation, Philippians one, let your conversation, your behavior, your activity, your actions be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. First Thessalonians two twelve, that ye would walk worthy of God. Belonging to character, suitable. Belonging to who you say you are. What does that look like? What does that look like? Let me give you several things. Five things to be specific. What does a life, what does a walk, what does a lifestyle, what does a lifestyle look like that reflects a child of God? That's basically what what he's saying here. What does a lifestyle look like? What is the behavior of a person who is supposed to be a child of God. What does it look like? First, what does his walk look like? First, his walk should be different. Write that down. What reflects, what is worthy of Christ? What is worthy of God? What is becoming of a child of God? It should be different. No question asked. No, no, no doubt about it. If you, if you claim to be a Christian, if you claim to be a child of God, If you claim to be a follower of Christ, your life, your walk has to be different. It has to be different. Now, where do you get that preacher? Romans chapter number six. Romans chapter number six. The Bible says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father, even so we, the followers of Christ, Even so, we also should walk, watch this, in the newness of life, in the newness of life. The moment we become a follower of Christ, as Christ came up from the grave and listen, in new life, we are to walk in new life. We are to be different. I looked up that word newness in Webster's 1828, and this is what newness means. Different state introduced by change or regeneration. Do you see that? A different state that is introduced by change or regeneration. 
Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And what? So let's just put all that together. If you are a new creation in Christ, then things are different. Things are changed by regeneration. Something has happened. Something has taken place in your life. Listen, you cannot. It is impossible. It is impossible for somebody to claim to be saved and to come to know Christ as their savior and completely keep living their life the way they lived it in their past and nothing different, nothing changed. It is impossible. It is impossible. It is a lie. The Bible says if any man, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter who they are. Any man be in Christ. He's a new creature. Old things Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Your talk is going to be different. Your walk is going to be different. Your love is going to be different. Your appetites are going to be different. Your desires are going to be different. Man, if Christ is in you, there is going to be a drastic change that takes place in a person's life. I'm not saying everything's fixed. I'm not saying everything's perfect the moment you get saved. I'm not saying God won't still have some work to do on you. But I'm telling you this. If you are walking worthy of the Lord, that means your life is different. It's different. You're walking. You're walking. And that's the word we're going to keep using. Walk, right? We're walking in the newness of life. If you're not walking in the newness of life, most likely, most likely you've, you've never been born again. You've never been born again, because if you're walking the same way you used to before Christ, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Number two. What does a walk that's worthy, that's suitable to the character, suitable to who you're supposed to be as a child of God, a follower of Christ? Well, if I'm walking worthy, then my walk is going to be different Then number two. My walk should be spiritual. My walk should be spiritual. Galatians 5, 16. And this I say then, walk, remember, remember, walk, behavior, live, lifestyle, occupied with, walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does that mean to walk in the spirit? Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led, L-E-D, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The word lead means to guide, to show the way. So what does that mean? A life that is worthy of the one who called us, who is suitable. If, if the walk that I must walk, the life that I must live, if I'm going to live it and it's suitable to my character, who I'm supposed to be, Excuse me. It has to be a spiritual walk. I have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit leads and guides. Here's the thing. He can't lead you unless you're willing to follow. And and you have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. A walk that is Listen, every day of your life, you you should wake up and surrender and submit to his leadership in your life and say, Lord, lead the way. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Wherever you tell me to go, I'll go. Whatever you tell me to say, I'll say. 
Listen, a walk that's worthy is a walk that's different. A walk that's worthy is a walk that's spiritual. Walk in the spirit means to be occupied with or controlled by. Let the Holy Spirit control. I tell you what, let's be honest. If, if, if the Holy Spirit's controlling some of the stuff we say, we wouldn't say some of the stuff we say. They'll have a witness out there. Listen, if we're letting the Holy Spirit control our minds and our thoughts, we wouldn't be thinking some of the stuff we think. We need to be submissive to the Holy Spirit. I got to hurry. Got to hurry. Number three. A walk that's worthy is characterized by being different. We should be different. Our walk should be different. A walk that's worthy is a walk that's spiritual. A walk that's worthy, number three, is a walk that's loving. Write that down. Loving. Watch this. Watch what this says. Ephesians 5, 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now watch this. Verse 2. If you're going to follow God, watch what it says. Verse 2. And walk. There it is. There's that word. There's where we're connecting. And walk in what? Love. Walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. What does that mean? If I'm going to follow God, I'm going to love people. My walk, if I'm walking worthy of the Lord, then my walk, my behavior, my lifestyle will reflect love. If I'm unloving, then I can't claim to be a follower of Christ. If I'm unloving, I can't claim to, to be saved and be, chi- be a child of God. It's not becoming. Being unloving is not becoming of being a child of God. Now, let me show you. Let me show you. The Bible says John 13, 35. John 13, 35. By this. By this. By what? By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. What does that mean? If I claim to be a Christian, if I claim to be a follower of Christ, and I'm an unloving person, then that's unbecoming of a Christian. That's unbecoming. I'm not walking worthy. I'm not walking worthy. It's unbecoming. You remember? The word worthy means suitable to, according to character. In other words, if, if I'm going to be a Christian and say I'm a Christian, in order to be becoming of that title, I have to be loving. I have to have a loving lifestyle. I have to love people. I have to love people that's unloving. I have to love my neighbor. I have to love my coworker. I have to love my irritating family member. I have to love that person, my enemy. I have to love the person that cut me off in traffic. I have to love uh, uh, my black neighbor and, 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 and my Asian neighbor and my gay neighbor. I have to love all those that are on this planet, kind of like God loves everybody on this planet. If I'm prejudiced, if I'm prejudiced, listen to me, all you prejudiced people. If I'm prejudiced, that's unbecoming of a child of God. Because God is no respecter of persons. And I am hateful to someone if I hate people. That's unbecoming. I'm not walking worthy. I'm not walking worthy of the Lord. So a life that's different, a life that's spiritual, a life that's loving. 
But look what he says in, in Ephesians 5, 15. Now we're talking about our walk. Remember our walk, our walk. It should be proper. It should be becoming of a child of God. If it's becoming of a child of God, it'll be, it'll be different. It'll be spiritual. It'll be loving, but it also be cautious. It'll be cautious. Ephesians 5, 15. Ephesians 5, 15. See then that ye, what's that word? There's our word. There's our word. Walk. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. The word circumspectly here means cautiously. It means cautiously with watchfulness every way. In other words, you're looking everywhere. You're looking everywhere. It's kind of like you deer hunters out in the stand and you see that deer walk out into the field. He's looking everywhere. He's looking in front of him. He's looking behind him. He's looking. He's cautious. He, he, he know, there's there could be danger anywhere. That's what that word means. Our, our lifestyle should be a cautious lifestyle. Watchfulness every way with the tension to guard against surprise or danger. I think this is something that we don't talk about enough. I really do. I don't, I don't think, I, I know I've been guilty of it, not preaching on it enough and not, not talking about it enough, that we need to realize that we have an enemy. The Bible says that Peter wrote, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion who roameth about seeking whom he may devour. Be sober. That, that doesn't mean don't be drunk. It means be alert, be aware, be awake. Listen, we got to be cautious we can't just go through life willy nilly. We just can't just, you know, just like okay, Sarah, Sarah. We need to understand that there is a real devil. There is a real adversary. There is a real enemy who is out to destroy us and to destroy our testimony. Listen, you got to be careful with your testimony. You got to be careful where you go and what you do. You got to be careful what you say. You got to be careful what you post and where you visit on the Internet. You got to be careful what you say to coworkers around you. You can't be flirtatious. You can't put out. You can't make provision for the flesh to sin. Listen, uh, no affair ever happened by accident. Uh, people say, oh, it just happened. No, it didn't. It takes time. Listen, things happen. Words are said. Glances are given. All of this stuff. But you got to be careful. If we're going to be a child of God, we got to be cautious. We got to be alert. We got to know that the devil wants to destroy our marriages. He wants to destroy our ministries. He wants to destroy our families. He wants to destroy our children. And some of the things that happen to us is not an accident. It's a direct attack from Satan. And those things that get us is when we're not aware, when we're not alert, when we're not paying attention, we get sucker punched because we were careless. Let me tell you, let me tell you why Peter was able to say, be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant, pay attention. You know why? Because he had teeth marks. He had teeth marks in him because Jesus told him, listen, the devil desires to have thee. He may sift you as wheat, but I pray for thee. He said, when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. He said, you're going to fail me. You're, you're, going, you're going to deny me. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me thrice. Peter said, oh, no, careless. He wasn't vigilant. He wasn't paying attention. He wasn't alert. He thought he had it. He, he thought he had everything under control. And guess what? He fell. 
And that's why he could come back and tell you, hey, be careful. Be careful where you go. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you read. Be careful what you sign in on. Be careful. Listen, we used to sing a little song when I was growing up. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little hands. You know, that whole song, it is so important. If if my walk is going to be worthy, it has to be cautious. Because he tells us to walk circumspectly, walk cautiously, walk carefully. Be careful, be careful. If my walk is going to be worthy, it's got to be different. If my walk is going to be worthy, it's got to be spiritual. If my walk is going to be worthy, it's got to be loving. If my walk is going to be worthy, it's got to be cautious, cautious. If my walk is going to be worthy, number five, it's got to be wise. It's got to be wise. In Colossians chapter four, verse five, there's our word walk. Walk in what? Wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Toward them that are without. That means those people on the outside. Redeeming the time. Let me, let me break it down in real easy terms. You need to be careful how you act around lost people. Man, this is a message we need to hear. Especially for all you keyboard warriors on Facebook. Always fussing and fighting and arguing and everything else in front of lost people. When you claim to be a Christian and go to church and you are sure not acting Christ-like on there. You need to be careful how you walk and talk and act and behave around lost people. He said anytime you're around those that are without Those that are without God, those that are without Christ, those that are without salvation, you need to be careful. You need to be very wise. You need to be very wise. Why? Because your whole purpose is to lead them to Christ. And if the words you are saying, if the words you are typing are leading them away from Christ, that is very unwise. Paul is saying, be careful, be wise. Be wise in what you say. Be wise in how you behave. You have a testimony to protect. Listen, it is so important to protect your testimony around people who don't know Christ. Man, I don't want anything that I do. I don't want anything that I say. I don't want anything that that is, is exposed in my life to cause someone to walk away from Christ or walk away from church. Let me tell you something. Christianity to most people is repulsive. It's not Christ. Christ is very attractive. It's Christianity and modern day Christianity, what it's become and what people who claim to be Christians, how they behave and how they act. We can't do that. We can't do that. We have to be wise. We have to think about this. Is is what I'm fixing to say is what I'm fixing to do is what I'm fixing to type is what I'm fixing to post. Is it going to help this person who's going to see it, read it, hear it? Is it going to help them get closer to Christ or is it going to turn them away from Christ? Listen, if we're not thinking about those things, we're not walking worthy of the Lord who called us. We're not walking suitable, becoming to who we're supposed to be. Remember who you are. 
Man, there were many times as a kid when I was growing up. There were many times that I would be enticed to do something that wasn't right, whether it was take something, drink something, smoke something, whatever it might be. And there were many times that, that, man, I didn't do it because I knew my behavior reflected on my father. And I knew the people that knew me knew my father was a pastor and I was concerned about what it would make him look like. And my behavior was controlled or modified, if you will, because I had a care and concern about the reflection it was on my pastor father. Even so, how much greater should our behavior be modified because we care and we are concerned about how it makes our heavenly father look by how we behave? He said, walk worthy. He said, I'm praying for you. This is Paul. He said, I'm praying for you that you'll walk worthy of the Lord. In other words, you'll walk, you'll behave becoming of who you claim to be, which is a child of God, a follower of Christ. I hope you are. I hope every child of God in in Temple Baptist Church is walking suitable, becoming of who they claim to be. Now, there's another part to this verse. Not only, not only is he praying that their walk would be proper. Say that with me right there where you at, wherever you're at, say it with me. He's praying that their walk would be proper. Their walk would be proper. But then, then number two or B, B, that their walk would be pleasing, that their walk would be pleasing. Now I know what you're thinking. If it's pleasing or proper. Surely it's going to be pleasing, but that's, that is true. That is true. I'm not going to deny that, but there's a little difference to what we're looking at. In other words, the first part of this is your behavior. Your behavior should reflect on who you are, period. If you say you're a child of God, it should look like that. But then we should live in a certain way. That brings joy to God. It says pleasing to him. Now my daughters, my daughters, they can, they can, they can behave in such a way that everybody knows that they're my daughters. They may have actions that remind them of me. They may have characteristics that I have. Uh, they may have attitudes or emotions that I have. And, and so all that means is they, they are reflecting me. That's what the first point is all about. That we are reflecting what's suitable to who we're supposed to be. But the second one is that what are we doing to please him? What are we doing to please him? What are we doing to make him happy with who or what we are? What does it take to please him? Now, some things it's just we're supposed to do just because of who we are. Y'all with me? That's that's the first part. We're supposed to be loving. We're supposed to do these things. Uh, because that's who we are. That's that that should be reflective in in our lifestyle because we're a child of God. We're different. We're, we're we've got the Holy Spirit in it. So these things should be coming natural. But what 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 pleases God? What pleases God? What makes God smile in heaven? Well, I want to give you three things and then we'll pray three things. We got plenty of time. First of all. First of all, what kind of walk, 
What kind of walk is pleasing to God? First, number one, a walk of obedience. A walk of obedience. I'm going to give you a minute to let that sink in. Obedience. It's not complicated. It's not overly difficult to understand. Everybody knows what obedience is. Now, look what the Bible says. Colossians 3.20. Children, obey. Say that with me. Obey your parents in all things. Why? Why? For this, what? Obedience. This is well, what? Pleasing unto the Lord. Obedience. It's well pleasing. It makes God happy. It makes God smile. First John 3, 22. Watch this. Watch this. First John 3, 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Watch. Why? Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. When we obey his commandments for us, it's pleasing in his sight. When God sees obedience in his children, it puts a smile on his face. Let let me tell you how important obedience is. Let me tell you how important obedience is. There was a situation in, in the Old Testament with King Saul. Okay, God gave him a specific command to go into such and such a place and utterly destroy it all. God had judged them because of their utter wickedness and debauchery. And he said, I want you to destroy it all. Destroy the animals, the king, destroy everything, destroy everything. Well, Saul saw that the, 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 the livestock and the cattle was really, really nice. So he, he decided, well, I'm just going to do some of what God said. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep all this. Well, the prophet showed up. Samuel shows up and said, Saul, what's, what's that I hear in the background? Did, didn't God tell you to destroy everything? He said, what's that I hear? Oh, oh, Saul said, oh, oh, that, well, well, it, it's like this. It's like this, Samuel. What, what, what had happened was, this is what happened. He said, he said, I was going to keep all of this cattle to sacrifice to God. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to give a big offering to God. I'm going to, I'm going to have a huge worship experience and give God a special offering. Oh, is that right? Watch this. Watch this. Watch what Samuel says. And Samuel said in 1 Samuel 15, 22. And Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. Preacher, what are you getting at? This is what I want you to understand and focus on me. Listen, listen up really, really good right here. I want you to get this. Please don't misunderstand what I'm telling you. God would rather you obey him out there than to sing about him in here. 
God doesn't care how loud you sing your worship and praise. God doesn't care how big an offering that you give him. God doesn't care about all these things that you think will make God happy if you do. If you disobey his word, if you disobey his commandment in your life, you can't go around shacking up, running around, sleeping with everything in the world, and then come in here and make up for it by singing loud or by giving a big offering. God could care less about the sacrifice. God could care less about the worship if there is no obedience. God would rather have obedience. God would rather have submissive children who obey the commands of the Lord. God is pleased with obedience. God would rather you obey than anything. God would rather you be an obedient child of his than any offering you could ever give him, any service you could ever offer him, any good deed you could ever do. God would rather you be obedient. Listen, obedience is pleasing to God. What kind of walk is pleasing to the Lord? A walk of obedience. Number two. And this is huge. Not only a walk of obedience, but a walk of faith. A walk of faith. Listen up, guys. Listen up. God wants you to trust Him. God wants you to believe in Him. Hebrews eleven six. Watch what it says. Now, now the key word, you know, the other word in the first section was walk. We kept looking at verses that had walk in them and what it took. Now we're looking at pleasing. You see, the Bible says that we're to obey. This is well pleasing to God. Now watch what it says. But without faith, you see that? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. You see that? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, if you want to please him, then have great faith. Then trust him. Then believe him. Look what he says. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Second Corinthians five, seven, for we walk by faith. A walk of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. We are saved by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Listen, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means this. God wants you to trust him when it comes to salvation. God wants you to believe him when he says he will forgive you of your sin. He will wash all of your sin away. He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. He will prepare you a home in heaven and one day come to get you to be where he is. But that's not all. That's not all. God doesn't want you just to believe him for salvation. God doesn't want you to just have faith for a home in heaven and and, and deliverance. God wants you to have faith for your meal tonight. He wants you to have faith and trust him that he will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He doesn't want you to worry or to fret. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving and let your requests be made known unto God. Listen, he wants you to bring your burdens to him. He wants you to trust him with your pain. He wants you to trust him with your heartache. He wants you to trust him with your burden. He wants you to trust him with your finances. He wants you to trust him with your health. He wants you to trust him with everything. 
And when you do, when, when you do, when you, when you show great trust, when you show confidence in him, that puts a major smile on his face. A major smile. I don't believe that. Well, then don't believe the Bible then. You remember, do you remember when, when Jesus in Mark chapter number two, you remember when Jesus was in the, in the house and, and there were so many people gathered together, you couldn't even get in the door. And the Bible says Jesus preached a word unto them and, and four people brought their friend and they, they tore out the ceiling and they lowered the man to Jesus. Do you know what Jesus was tickled with? It wasn't all the people sitting listening. It was the four men that exercised great faith and they believed and they trusted. If we can tear this roof off and get our friend to Jesus, he can heal him. Man, he said, look at that faith. Look at that faith. You know, Jesus was grinning ear to ear because they believed him. And they they had assurance in him. They had confidence and they had faith in him. What about the, the Gentile? who showed such great faith and said, Jesus, listen, all you got to do is say the word. All you got to do is say the word and my servant can be healed. He said, man, I haven't haven't found this kind of faith in all of Israel. God is pleased with faith. God is pleased with trust. Sometimes God allows us in difficult situations because he wants to give us an opportunity to trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. You know why it says trust in the Lord with all your heart? Lean not on your own understanding. Because there's going to be so many times in life that you're not going to understand. You're not going to understand why you're going through what you're going through. You're not going to understand why you experience a trial that you experience. You're not going to understand why God did what he did. You're not going to understand why God is doing what he's doing. You're not going to understand the trial. You're not going to understand the difficulty. And God says, when you don't understand, trust me. When you can't figure things out, trust me. When you can't see where you're going, trust me. Trust me. If you want to live a life that's pleasing unto God, it has to be a life lived by faith of total confidence and trust in him. God wants you to trust him. Then lastly, lastly, a walk that's pleasing is a walk of obedience. A walk that's pleasing is a walk of faith. A walk that's pleasing. Listen up, guys. Listen up, guys. This is important. It's a biggie. It's a biggie. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to put your seatbelt on. You're going to have to click it. You're going to have to click it because you ain't going to be able to handle the turbulence right here. A walk that's pleasing is not only a walk of obedience, it's a walk of faith. But it's a walk of devotion. A walk of devotion. You can put the word separation there if you want to. But it's a walk of devotion. What do you mean? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Verse three, it says, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth, watch this, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. What does that mean? He stays devoted to the cause of Christ. 
He stays devoted and separated to God's call in his life. He doesn't get so busy and so have such a complicated life that he cannot serve God. His schedule is not so busy. He's not so entangled with so many things and so many appointments and so many hobbies and so many things he's got to do that God is on the back burner. He said, no, no, no good soldier would ever do that. If you want to please him, you got to stay devoted to him. He's got to be first. Does that mean you can't have a hobby? Absolutely not. Everybody could use one and needs one. And, and, it's, and it's good. It, it, listen, is sports okay? I, in my opinion, I think they are. Could they be idolatry? Absolutely they could. There's so many things in life that's good, but it would be bad if they take precedence over Christ. If Jesus is not priority. And, and by the way, when we get into the rest of Colossians, you're going to find out that Jesus is to be preeminent in your life. He has to be first place. You cannot put anything in your life before your walk with him. He's got to be first. He can't be second place. He will not be second place. You can't live and do whatever you want to do and then leave the leftover scraps to the leftover scrap money, the leftover scrap time, the leftover scrap energy, the leftover scrap effort. Well, I'll give God a little something if I got a little bit extra. Listen, if you want to be pleasing to God, he's got to be first. He's got to be first, period. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Listen, the Bible says... In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, we're talking about devotion, discipline, keeping our life, keeping our life streamlined so that we can serve God, that nothing else takes place first, but he is priority. He's preeminent. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says, know ye not that that they which run the race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain Now, every man that striveth for the mastery, in other words, everybody's working hard to master their their craft or whatever it is they do, excuse me, is temperate in all things. That means discipline. He's careful what he does. He's careful the time he allots to certain situations. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Watch what Paul says. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body. He says, I discipline myself. I keep the flesh under control. My ap- what he means is his, his, his physical appetites, his fleshly appetites. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by, by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. What is he saying? I'm staying disciplined. I'm staying devoted. He said, he said, a good soldier will not entangle himself with the affairs of this life. He will stay devoted to who called him. He will stay devoted to who he's serving. Why? To please him who called him to be a soldier. Preacher, what are you saying? A walk that's pleasing is a walk of obedience. Just simple obedience. Just obey God. And matter of fact, I didn't read this part, but the verse after the verse after Samuel told uh, Saul that God would rather him be obedient than give great sacrifices. You know what he said? He said rebellion. That's disobedience. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. 
It's like being a devil. Listen, we can't rebel. We got to obey. We got to live a lifestyle of obedience if we expect to please him that called us. Listen, a walk that's obedient is pleasing to God. It puts a smile on his face. It's kind of like you parents when you when you kid, you, you tell them, you give them instructions and they obey you without pitching a fit. They obey you without an attitude. Man, it puts a smile on your face. Not only a, a walk of obedience, but a walk of trust and faith. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. You want to put a big smile on God's face? Believe him when times get tough. Believe him when you can't see around the curve. Believe him when things get dark and you can't see your way and you put your trust in him. Oh, that makes him smile. But when you're devoted, totally sold out to him, a walk that's separated, devoted to him. When you live your life in such a way that nothing gets in between you and God, no schedule, no activity, no hobby, nothing interferes with your relationship and your obedience and your service to God. Everything takes second place. Everything is a backseat. All these things are okay, but if they ever take preeminence and they get in between you and God, listen, that's never pleasing to him. When he knows he's first in your life, that's well pleasing to God. So that's our walk. Our walk needs to be proper and it needs to be pleasing. Our walk needs to be becoming of who we say we are. But then the extra over that, it needs to be a full obedience, full of faith, full of devotion. And that'll put a smile on his face. Man, I hope you enjoyed Bible study. And listen, don't just listen. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. Go apply this. Go use this in your daily walk, in your daily life. Hope to see you Sunday. I'm excited. We're going to be in the building uh, 9 and 11. And so, listen, we're going to put out some guidelines. So don't forget to be watching out for that. We're going to put out a video and some stuff there. And we need you to listen. We need you to go by the guidelines. Okay. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to hear your opinions, preferences, conspiracy theories. I don't need to hear none of that stuff. I read my lips. I'm tired of preaching in an empty building. Okay. So go by the guidelines, please, please honor me. If you love me, you will go by the guidelines until we get all this junk over with. So help me with that. All right. Help me with that. You take care. Hope y'all have a great night. We'll see you Sunday. Good night.